Good evening, everybody. Thank you for all coming to London. Um, thank you for all coming. I know it's been Patrick, and uh, it's really hard to get here. Um, I'm just going to give a little um, short highlight of my faith background. I was born in a Catholic family and went to Catholic schools growing up. For many years, I had the nuns trying hard to teach me what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil, <coughs> hoping by the time when I am on my own in life that I choose the good and right. When I was 12 years old, my mom took me to the orthodontist. Um, at that time, I used to suck my thumb and it was really obvious that my teeth needed to be straightened. I really admired the work and compassion that my orthodontist provided, and I knew to be a dentist was my calling. I just wanted to be like my orthodontist. I came very close. I'm not an orthodontist, but I'm a general dentist. Going forward into my career, I graduated from dental residency in June 2006, and within one week, Rod and I uh, got married. Uh, and I gave myself a few weeks just to kind of take it off and then I decided I'll start looking for a job. After spending 10 years of schooling, in my head, oh, when I had the idea that I really deserve a job and I deserve to get like a well-paid one. But reality hit me hard before I knew it. At that time, Rod and I were living in Michigan and the economy was in rapid decline. I had a handful of interviews few working interviews, and a couple of jobs. One of the working interviews, the dentist owner was a female, and she had a world full of rewards. I went for the working interview, and there, part of their rituals, the dentist and their staff, they all met in the morning, and they start talking about their goal for the day, and all what they really talked about, about money and how many thousands that they're gonna make that day. And they all, at the end, for whatever reason, they start hugging each other and we started the day. My part was just with a working interview, so all what I did, basically more observing, I did a little hands-on, not much really of work. The office was a pretty good size, it was like five to six chairs office. And all the chairs somehow were uh, full with patients. I think she had a couple of hygienists and she had a couple of her own like at the same time. One of the patients actually was sedate, was a conscious sedation. So the patient was pretty much out and the owner dentist was working on her and she was doing a bunch of extractions, root canals, other procedures. But I was, just because it was part of my observation, I looked at the dentist and I'm like, I'm looking like she's doing the root canal and there was like no isolation for the tooth. Uh, no really proper way of drying the tooth and these steps are really crucial for the success of a root canal. And on top of it, when I really like paid attention and I looked at the x-rays, I'm looking at the x-rays, I'm like, to start with, like I didn't even see the necessity of that root canal to start with. Anyway, all what I, I, I didn't feel comfortable and in the back of my head, all what I can hear really, the nuns telling me, this is a bad practice, get out of here. <laughs> and I did. And I never saw like that office or dentist again. Then after a few interviews and a few disappointments, uh, there was an old dentist that offered me a job. And I was at that time, I'm like really 
kind of scared and suspicious about everybody. So I make, made a deal with him. I'll go for a working interview for a couple of weeks before I sign any contract. Um, and I thought he's an old dentist and hopefully he's at the age like he's more honest and really like, there's, I don't know, I kind of wanted to trust him more. I worked there for two weeks part-time, so I only really went there a few, a few times. But I got really suspicious about sterilization because I would get instruments and I'm not sure if they're completely clean and I stopped checking because we put them in sterilization bags. I stopped checking the back of it to see if they really ran them through the whole cycle or not because you can tell if the color changes or not. And sure enough, like I kind of caught the staff making a lot of mistakes. So I went to the owner and I'm like, I kind of told him about my concern. And he really absolutely assured me that all of his staff really follow the OSHA regulations and there is like, like definitely they do all the cleaning and all the sterilization accurately. But I was still suspicious. I, I didn't want to leave right away because I thought, what if I'm over-exaggerating? And at that time, actually, financially, it really got tight. Especially that my loans start kicking in and I have to pay my loans and at the same time I really didn't have an income. So I'm like, you know what, I'll be for another day and just to make sure double check everything. And that's what I did the next day. I just followed the staff. Like without telling them, but in a way, like I'm like, oh, like I'm asking for something and then I'll just follow them. But sure enough, like I knew like that was like whatever he assured me was not right. They were not doing the sterilization right. Um, some of the birds actually the day that we cut the tooth when they came and they even have blood on them, so I don't want to gross you out more. <laughs> but here again, uh, I heard the nuns really saying again, bad practice, just leave, off, leave it. And I went to the owner and uh, I told him that I'm quitting. And he was kind of bitter and arrogant about it, and he didn't even pay me in the last two weeks that I worked for him. And there was really no contract or anything that kind of, I can approve that I worked and he didn't pay me, so I just left it alone. A few months after, and at that time I really only had like once a week job, and I was kind of frustrated. I didn't know financially was everything was kind of getting bad, um, but I was watching TV, and I usually don't watch the news, so I don't know how it happened, and I was watching the news, and all what I see on the news, some of the reporters kind of outside his the old dentist's office, and he's kind of trying to get into his car and they're trying to ask him questions because some people made some accusation against him. And there were a lot of patients that they were frustrated and angry at him because uh, they've probably never been able to tell like the equipments were not clean. But I guess uh, he's done a lot of insurance fraud and he's taken a lot of money from patients and never provi provided really the, uh, good service for them. And, the, and they complained to the American Dental Society about it and they didn't get anything so they went to the TV channel. So I, I was very thankful to God and it, that he really kept my eyes open and kept my ears uh, listening to the non telling me to get out of that practice. Um, finances are getting tighter at that time and I didn't know what to do. And at that time I had a continuous education course that I booked a few months earlier and I kind of forgot about it, but I got an email. All the emails said, oh, we didn't have enough attendees for this class, but we're going to either 
you have two options. Get your money back or you can uh, take the course at a different state. And one of the others, and at that time we were living in Michigan. So one of the other states was Chicago. And I'm like, oh, Michelle lives in Chicago. Uh, he's my brother-in-law. And I'm like, oh yeah, why not? So I looked at Rod and we were tired of him looking for a job, tired from everything. Like, we won't come for the CE course and we'll see if there was any available opportunities. And that's what we did. Um, I was just growing up in the Catholic schools and seeing my dad always go to church. I was always had a close relationship with God. I always talked to him in my good times to thank him and in my struggles to help me out. And after our visit to Chicago, it took about, like I started applying to the license, and it took about a month to get my license. But I was looking for a job here in Chicago, but still nothing uh, that I was really happy with. I was depressed, confused, angry at God, but I was still talking to him, begging him and praying to him to help me with this cross. I was here at St. Paul of the Cross upstairs, and it was for Mass, and we had the basket pass by and for collection, and all what I did, I got all my money out of my wallet, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put it all here, and I just said to God, that's all what I have, I'm giving it up to you, and I trust that you would help me out. And sure enough, within a few days, um, I got an offer at a job in Olympia Field, and that office, I was... It's an office like I can see myself working at happily because I was the only dentist that I was working at the office. It was a clean office. There was no insurance fraud, and there was no pressure in doing unnecessary or unethical procedures. So all I heard the nuns saying, really, good practice, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jeff, actually, when he was asked me to do this, he told me if I can give a, like a, like a, an example or something I provided as an extreme value to a patient. Um, honestly, for patients, I don't think any of the fillings or the dentures or the crumbs or the shots that I give them, they consider extreme value. <laughs> as much as I know that they're a good procedure that prevents disease and restore health and pro like provide like a function and everything. But for them, it's not really extreme value. So the only thing I was thinking about, I had a patient that was a new patient. She emailed the office and she was asking for an appointment, but at the time my manager was out of town. So I decided, since was a, um, I just opened my office and I really needed a patient and I didn't want to lose the patient just for her waiting. So I decided I'm going to call her. So I called the patient to make her an appointment. and. The patient was like so scared, like she, she just like she, I can't like can tell like she's shaking on the other hand. So oh, she told me that she's gonna email me back, and she, sure enough, she emailed me back, and she was telling me how she was scared to come and see me because she was what she's scared about. She's scared that I would see her teeth and judge her, saying that she's not taking care of her teeth, and she was trying to like explain to me like why she had, like how she neglected her teeth all these years and just because she didn't know better, uh, part of it's fear, part of it because her parents died when she passed away when she was young and the last time she remembers that she went to the dentist when her parents used to take her as a kid and now this lady that I'm talking to, she was in her late 30s.
So if you really haven't seen the dentist over, uh, I want to say 25 years or, or more. And she was really anxious and really ashamed that embarrassed like to come for me to see her teeth because according to what she said that they were really bad. So after a few emails back and forth, I told her, you know what, just come to the office. Don't, I'm not going to look at your teeth, just come talk to me and if you feel comfortable and just if you feel comfortable, you can book an appointment for exam and consultation after that. Sure enough, she decided, yeah, why not? She came to the office. She came to the office and I just sat, just me and her in one of the uh, rooms. Uh, I didn't even let the staff come in the room because she was uncomfortable. Uh, and I talked to her probably for half an hour. I didn't even see her teeth, honestly. Like she didn't even smile for me like to even see her teeth and like if they're really that bad. And they weren't, like I found out later. Uh, but she felt comfortable and at the end of the appointment she really started tearing up and she got up and hugged me. Uh, and she came, she scheduled, she came many times after, and every time she came, I always got a hug. I think that's more look of an extreme value that I gave for her because it was more me understanding her, the compassion and the love I really offered to her. I usually, dentistry has a lot of hands-on, so I usually always pray, ask the Lord every day, and sometimes even more than once a day, to really help me to do the best for my patient as far as procedures, treatment plan, planning, being compassionate to patients, and to always remind me and not to forget that whatever I provide my patients, it's really the Lord grace through me. And I always thank Him for calling me to a career that I truly love, even with all the financial problems at the end of some weeks of 80, 80, uh, 80 hours or plus, I still look up at God and say, thank you for the gift that you gave me. And all the struggles that I have faced and faced have taught me it is definitely not my right to have a job or being financially comfortable. It is only the Lord's grace and uh, the gift if he wills it for me. And talking about the Lord's grace, Five months after I bought a practice, um, my husband Rod actually advised me to put an ad on a Catholic radio, and I don't know if you've heard about it, it's relevant radio. And sure enough, many of uh, the listeners have become my patients, and they come to the office with full trust in me, knowing that I support the Catholic radio, which is something that I cherish because it is a constant reminder for me to always do my best to be worthy of this awesome responsibility. Um, and the other thing Jeff asked me to talk about some gifts to the audience, I usually go to the schools and usually they're little kids, four to six years old, and I tell them about good snacks, bad snacks, and how to brush them to floss. So I don't know what to tell the <laughs> audience, so, but um, I know a lot of people think of like some of the things that are really bad for the teeth. Uh, soda is really bad. Juices are really bad just because they're in a fluid form and they have a lot of sugar and uh, acid in them and they go in between the teeth. Even if it's a diet soda, it doesn't matter because it still has the acid effect in it. And some of the snacks that we do really think that they're really bad for, the, or at least that's what we've been taught growing up, like chocolate one of them, it's really not as bad as 
what some people think. Like really, soda and juice is much worse than chocolate. Uh, gum disease is another thing that I wanted to talk about, which is um, they found a lot of relation between gum disease and having heart problems and having diabetes and other really systemic problems. Because a lot of things that we don't understand about our, like, our, it's, it's not we don't understand, but it's not really spread, that a lot of the bacteria and a lot of disease in our mouth, it really doesn't stop at the neck. It does go to the rest of the body, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of patients that I get, they ask about their bad breath, so I thought that would be an interest. Uh, and a lot of the bad breath could be a combination, could be one thing, but it could be either from gum disease. Some people have uh, in their like behind their tonsil little pouches that retain food and that sometimes causes bad breath. And the third thing that some people have acid reflux or ulcers and that causes a bad breath. And it could be one or the other or it could be a combination of all of them. Um, that's pretty much all what I have. And anybody have a question? You did ads on Catholic Radio. Did you did you have a sort of a moral theme to the ad? Yeah. Okay. I mean, could you share with us what? Um, the, like one of the basically it talked about my Catholic background, like which dental school I went to, which uh, schools I went to growing up, and uh, it talked about. Uh, being Catholic, that was one of the things. The other thing, uh, most patients are scared of dentists because they're, it, it's not a pleasant process. So one of it, it said like, that I'm a gentle dentist and have a light touch. And then, uh, and that was the co commercial at the beginning, but they did an interview with me and they asked me questions. What was the interview? I forgot. <laughs> they had a patient too. Treat like family. Now, now we have, and then after now we just put patient testimonials. And actually, one of the patients, she, she said, "Oh, I, I'm about to call the relevant radio and tell them like you really like, oh it was it was one of the th theme was like treating everybody as a family." And she goes, "I really feel like you're my family here." And I'm like, "Oh, if instead of calling them, they're coming next week. Do you want to give a testimonial?" And she did. So that's what running right now. A couple of the testimonials from my patients. Sure. Okay. So, one more question. One more question. I have a question about the juice. Yes. Um, you know, I have a bad gallbladder, and, and I'm and I'm drinking apple juice daily to break down stones. <laughs> so, is apple juice bad for your teeth? Any any juice that has a lot of sugar and acid. Just make sure that because you need it for your gallbladder, obviously, I'm not going to tell you not to drink it. Just make sure after, because you want to break that acidity in your mouth so you don't create cavities. Mm -hmm. So you just want to make sure, like, don't sip on it all day long, but whenever you have it, if you at least go rinse with a little, like, if, if you're at home, you can brush and floss, but if mm -hmm. you're not, at least rinse with a Listerine or something, and that will break down the acidity so you don't create cavities. <laughs> Maria has a definite question quick. she has uh, to ask. Thank you. They say that uh, bad teeth is hereditary. Is, that, is there some truth to that? Yeah, absolutely. Genetic is a big factor of it. And that's whenever I talk to the patients when they come, if they have cavities, if they have gum disease. Like I start with it, I'll tell them genetic is part of it, bad bacteria is an, uh, another part of it. Because we're all born with a sterile mouth. None of us had bacteria when we were born. Whoever really kissed us the most, the first six months of our life, that's type bacteria we have in our mouth. And we can control, and these two things I cannot change. 
I can decrease the load. I can teach the patient how to decrease the load of bacteria in their mouth, and I can change the diet and oral hygiene. But genetics and type of bacteria we cannot change. Thanks very much.